welcome to this episode of Big Brother Soapbox. Today I have a very special guest with me, Corbin. Welcome, Corbin. Hey guys, very excited to be on the pod, a longtime listener. Excited to finally get to join in on the fun. So, just a little background today. We had a little technical difficulties, classic, but we wanted to get our thoughts out about the season premiere of Big Brother 23. So it's 9.50pm, 20 minutes after, we're boiling over. That was such a fucking ride. Can I curse on this podcast? Probably not. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Okay, so you've seen a lot of Big Brother at this point. Yeah, I'm a diehard super fan, and I feel like I know the game inside and out, you know? All the different ways of playing, from Dan Geasley to uh, Derek Lavasser. <laughs> so how'd you think tonight compared? It was a hot mess. It seems like the writer's strike was back, except that uh, I don't think they have writers. But it was a mess. Very confused. Uh, very few things Julie said made much sense. And the whole thing kind of just dragged, I think. But I'll hand it over to Jordo. Yeah, I must say I I was a little surprised they actually did a live move-in because although we knew it was going to be a live premiere, I read something that made it sound like they would already be in there. I don't know if that got enough, if that got enough backlash that they changed that or if I just misinterpreted what they meant. Um, but I'm at least glad we got to see them walk into the house. But it's like, in the last year, they've made a lot of changes, but they also learned nothing in a way, because it looked just like it did with the big screens and everything walking into the house, and it's like, yeah, COVID's still happening, but didn't need to look like that. And what was the deal with the themes? They got BB Beach House going, alright, sure, BBBH is like a perfectly good theme, but then they got BB Casino, these two things do not go together. I don't know where these people are gambling, but it was confused. And this is something they could have avoided. They have the means not to make these mistakes, so the viewers like us aren't disappointed. Yeah, it's like, if you're going for Atlantic City, that's one thing. But if you're just gonna mishmash these two ideas into one. And it's like, every year it's kind of like a beach house. Like, season 21, it was like, oh, we're camping, we're at camp again. But it's like still like summer vibes. Different from like a beach house, but like... Yeah, they're all going to make mistakes and get yeast infections. I mean, based on the pictures of the house that we've seen so far, besides the have-not room, which has not been revealed yet, I do think the house looks good. I saw a good uh, tweet today that was like, if this were Big Brother UK or Big Brother Canada, this set would be trash, but for BBUS, it looks pretty good. And wow. I agree with that. <laughs> But it was just like, what was the point of doing the live move-in? It was so awkward. They have their whole weird team reveal. These people don't know each other. Their choices are completely arbitrary. It was just like, this is the big twist you've like kept talking about every other like second? This is like nothing. And how long are they going to stick with the teams? They usually quit on that idea so fast. It's like you get two weeks of nothing and then that's it. So it's a hard sell. Yeah, it seems to mostly just be pre-jury business. Yeah, it's just something to pretend you have a fresh idea. You know, how are they really modernizing the game? 
but $750,000 is a lot of money. It's not a million dollars, which they offered for a twin twist, but it's pretty good. Oh no, a, a friend twist, right? Yeah, it was, uh, was that Big Brother 6 if you made it to the end with your secret partner? Yes, and that was, you know, 17 years ago. So that million was worth more than a million now, just for the record. So many thoughts swirling in my head, it's really hard to we, even we, begin. We need to hear them. Well... Get up on that soapbox. How about we switch over to the house guests? Please. What do you think? They probably did their best job yet of getting a lot of hotties, uh, particularly Instagram hotties, which, you know, it's a look to go for. Uh, the house guests are very well groomed, generally. Uh, but, you know, they seem very boring. There's no little spark of authenticity from them, you know? A little something to make you feel like they're people. A lot of douchebags. Yeah, it's tough. A lot of these people are on TikTok, I've seen from the pre-show buzz. Um, I bet. (laughs) But, yeah, I don't know. They all seem to have a lot going on, which, you know... We'll see how well-rounded they are. You know, they started the season with, you know, when they were picking teams, having the people do little performances, you know, a little bit of shtick straight to camera to convince people. And that makes sense because they're all TikTokers or Instagrammers. But, you know, that's not what people watch reality TV for, I feel like, you know? Yeah. But let's, let's break it down. Let's go through the players. Who do you think came out on top? You know, obviously we didn't see much yet, um... The comps were really weird and hard to follow. Julie was very condescending in her voiceover during them. But but what did you think? Who, who's looking like a strong player? Who do you think they're not going to last? I mean, you, they're just here for a little publicity so their TikTok gets some more talks or ticks. I'm an old, I wouldn't know. You know, I can't help but compare Frenchie to McRae Olsen from season 15. Um, Frenchie is big on the Twitter scene, I hear. I'm new to the Twitter scene, I'm not going to lie. I I know I've followed some of you so far and everything, but I'm still catching up in that realm. I had a Twitter in middle school, and I I didn't have any friends on there, really, and I... It, it, too many celebrities. But anyway, um, you know, just like McRae, he goes out there, he wins the first HOH, but because of how many competitions he had to win tonight to become HOH, it just feels like... He looked nervous, too, and I just feel like he's going to need to really come up with a game plan of how to back out of this power and or just own it and hope one of his team members wins next week. Now, when you say he reminds you of McCray, are you saying that you think he'll cheat on his wife? Because I think that would be really painful for her, and it seems like he really loves him. It's true. It's tough. I must say, though, I saw a preseason interview with, um, with Frenchie, and... A lot of them mention Derek and Cody from 16, and it's, like, to a fault. Like, to... The hitmen were the best who ever played. I can't agree with this. I mean, the way Derek manipulated that house, he didn't need to win comps because he was managing that jury, managing everyone in there. I mean, he really showed us what cops are good for. Frenchie said something interesting that he was asked, um, if you got to the final three with like your best friend in the house, would you basically pull a Cody on Nicole Franzel or would you pull a Cody on Derek Lavasser? And 
he said, you know, if you want to be the one of the greats, you have to beat the greats. And he was like, so I'd be like Derek and take Cody. Mind you, Cody took Derek. Derek didn't take Cody. That's why Derek was so good. Because Cody took him, but Derek took him. Yeah, like, absolutely. But I just thought it was so weird for him to, like, trip up on that. I mean, these new school players really just don't have their facts down. You know, a lot of them say they're super fans, but they get key details wrong all the time. And it really makes you wonder, you know, like, it feels like they're not really studying this. They're just, like, watching it a little bit with, like, a six-pack or something. And I just don't think that's going to cut it these days. I mean, you look back to season 22, Cody was on his game you know like he knew everything he wasn't just a physical threat even though he's clearly an idiot and you know these people i think they haven't learned that lesson still well what do you think about um well i don't remember her name so we'll call her britney spears whitney whitney spears i feel like she's gonna be at the center of some drama in the house this season which which previous players would you say she reminds you of it's hard to think. Mm, I actually was trying to think of this while I was watching it because I couldn't put a finger on... Do you have an idea? No. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to circle back on that one. Yeah, it I, seems like... I mean, in a way... What was her name? Brittany? In, I don't know, season... Was that 18? With uh, Devin... Brittany was, like, a mom from California. She oh, was, like, yeah. a last-minute pick, I think. And, no, Devin was in season 16. Yeah, he was different. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Derek was kind of in that as well, and he was like, I don't think so. But much more, like, much more on the prowl for a new guy than Brittany, even, I would say. It seems like a lot of these people really on the prowl, you know, for a showmance. Obviously, you got a lot of them saying, a lot of the guys saying they don't think a showmance would be good for their game. These men are cocky, first of all, and they're liars, second of all. So I think that there's going to be a lot of drama. These people seem really, really messy, quite frankly, uh, which in a way is good because... You know, previously Big Brother has tended to stick to a really monogamous structure. You know, people form a showman's and that's it. Uh, we could say an exception was, uh, what was her name, Cat and Mickey? Yes, that's what I was thinking. Um, where, you know, he really just, man, that guy should be in prison for the Capitol Hill riots. And if he's not, well, $500,000 can get you a pretty good lawyer, I guess. Yeah, I must say... Them making it seven hundred fifty thousand isn't is a nice lump sum, right? But it's like kind of funny that it's down from the million that they've been teasing for years. It's also a weird increase because, like, obviously, if you win it, that's a lot more money. But it doesn't change any of the other dynamics of it, you know. Like, if getting second goes up to a hundred thousand, that kind of changes the dynamics of the game. But the top prize going up to be more money, it's cool. You can you know, announce it. But, you know, that's that. In a way, I would kind of enjoy, and I feel like they might keep second place the same, just because it's such a losing position already in terms of whatever you're after, prestige, the title, the money, whatever. Um, And I think it would be really... I think it could potentially be good to, like, 
tone down the complacency of some people who are like, I just want to be in second. Please take me. You're going to win. And not strategy wise, but straight up just being like, please give me the 50 G's like Gina Marie, Enzo, many others, honestly. But, you know, second place is going to be shit either way. So I don't think I think they should get something, you know. And then, if it was more money, maybe maybe there'd be some strategy to get second, you know? Uh, a lot of the juries, these new school juries, have been pretty uh, emotional in terms of their picks. Uh, really focusing on who pissed them off. Not who pissed them off because they were a terrible person, to be clear. But who manipulated them. And I add that disclaimer because Mickey, the well-known white supremacist, you can cut this. No, that's staying in. Did still win a season. Now, admittedly, he was with a horse murderer, but that's neither here nor there. I want to say her name was also Whitney, is that correct? (laughs) Holly. I'm going to stick with Whitney on this one, guys. Obviously, we haven't done all our research, but we're not competing on the show, so we don't have to. That's these dum-dums job. Who's dum-dums? First of all, all you BB lurkers out there. (laughs) on the feeds on twitter all right you all but second of all these competitors who really should have done their research i mean they make so many incorrect references to different game state play styles how things have been done it's mind-boggling honestly uh you know and yeah now they have a bunch a couple scientists this season but like we know it'll always be the same yeah let's talk about them all right sarah beth I think that's her name. Sarah Beth. Yes. I thought that Tumblr had been closed down a few (laughs) years ago because of the incorrect shaming of furries for what is primarily a social practice for sad boys and girls. However, it turns out Tumblr is still going strong in one person who lives in, I want to say, Florida and helps bust people for smoking weed and snorting coke. Thank God for that. I gotta say, uh, I I don't normally like the pixie girl in the season, right? I have a lot of friends who are like someone like Nicole Anthony, but I don't aspire to, I don't know, it's, it's not my favorite, you know, personality type. But when watching All Stars last season... Uh, since I was many seasons behind when I watched that, I didn't know her from her season, and I was like, oh, interesting, uh, you know, we'll see about this, whatever. And then since she was out, like, week two... Wait, she came out? Since she was evicted week two, it was just kind of like, oh, like, I'm sure she was so much better in her season or whatever. Then you go back, watch her season. She made so many mistakes... I know you get paranoid, Madhouse. She could have won the game at least twice in the last three weeks, and she threw it both times. It's unbelievable because of her loyalty to an old man named Hog. Then you go back to, I think, season 18 with Bridget. Um, Embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, and uh, what's her face with the weird voice? Her friend, the mathematician. Oh, yes, we don't remember her name, and that's reasonable. But that was one of the best reveals in BB history. I'm actually very smart. (laughs) Yes, Um, but Sarah Beth, I think, 
named one of the CBS website asked them like who's your favorite duo showmances or friend duos and a lot of people were just like screw your question I'm just gonna write whatever duo I wanted and she said Bridget and Frank which I honestly think is disgusting that was horrible. That was like watching a clown kidnap a child. I haven't seen the It movies, and I never will, but I imagine it was very similar to Frank and Bridget in bed. I mean, horrible. Just horrible. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm not asking for Bronco. Bronco. Her name? The girl, the mathematician, her name was Bronte. Bronte. Thank you. Um... Yeah, I'm not looking for a Bronte here. I'm really not looking for a Bridget. I actually hated her that season. But there's a little hope in me that Sarah Beth will be fun. You know, BB has a long history, I would say, of bringing on bisexual women exclusively to depict them as sexual threats. And I think it's nice that they finally have two queer women, one of whom can be a homewrecker. You know? Like, so often we get queer competitors and they're not, you have no one else, you know, they can be as thirsty as hell, they can be as single as a dollar bill, doesn't matter. And, you know, it's nice that now, you know, we can get some messy shit out of them. It's like they're finally catching up with Logo 20 years ago. Logo? The network, like, queer cable network, vaguely, had, like, RuPaul's Drag Race. Huh. Unless I'm misremembering the name of it, in which case I'm really gonna seem like an asshole. No. Wow. But uh, if I am, we can edit it out. And will, <laughs> more importantly. The other thing I wanted to say about Sarah Beth. Um... She makes her own clothes. Mm-hmm. Her lie that she is a voice actor. That is the worst lie. Part of me thinks it's kind of... It's tough because it explains... It's sort of like an explanation of her voice to her house guests or something. People will ask you to do voices. Can she do voices? Yes, that'll be good for the feeds. <laughs> People will say, oh, what have you been in? Are you going to make up television shows? They can't fact check you, but it still seems unnecessarily difficult. And what's with all of these people lying about what they do? You know? Yeah, I thought it was really weird that they had to... Pre- they must have been told, like, your housemates will see these, so what's your introduction or whatever not exactly knowing what it would be for. And it's like, now that they've walked into, you know, everyone says you develop a plan, you come up with a strategy, you watch the show, whatever, you have your idea what you're going to do, you walk in the house, and you just drop all of it. And these people weren't given that option because they basically have to stick by or be like, oh, haha, I chose to lie about that, but I'm actually, and then it's just like, It's not a good look. No, it's such a mess. And yeah, it's just not that big a deal that you have like a real job or something. Like, yes, most of them don't. But you know, it's fine. You're not that smart anyway, probably. You're not going to seem it in there at least, you know? Yeah, there'll eventually be a little montage of you trying to explain a concept to someone who's like, oh, wow, so that's difficult. You really do that? Oh, so this does that? And that's going to happen regardless, you know? So just, like, be honest and let that clip happen. 
it will embarrass you as well as the other person, and, and that's just what you signed up for, you know? Yes, you just reminded me of something. Well, that's perfect, because this microphone is still hot. <laughs> it was something Derek F, is it? Derek uh, T? Well, Derek F, the Derek son of F. Joe Fraser. Oh, boy, that's an easy way to remember. I wasn't thinking of it like that. I remembered those two things independently. I, I did like his joke where he was like, I can't wait to explain what that means to you all about his job about being like a security office, security, international security. Yeah, it was a fake job that probably is bad. That's his real job. Yes, I know. But <laughs> a fake job. <laughs> As in it doesn't make anything or do anything like most of our jobs. Who else are we excited about? Azza's gotten a lot of buzz on the internet. She had some good answers to her questions. Um, yeah, but she's just very clearly trying to become big on social media, and that's fine. She'll be good at it, but it's a little like... Mm. Like, her banter with her friends was scripted. Obviously, they, all their banters are scripted, but hers was very scripted. Yeah. But she will end up in a showmance. Yeah, I think she could be... She could be enjoyable. I, I. She seems like bubbly and stuff, but it's hard beyond that to know exactly what kind of person she's going to be like in the house. Well, that's the other problem with this weird premiere structure is you don't see the people interacting with each other at all. All we get is like a tiny bit of DR and a little bit of filler. So like, we haven't really seen these people's vibes. I mean, we get it for most of them, obviously, but we, we don't see them interact and it's... It's like, so this is an hour and a half for them to do a few comp? Like, we don't get a sense of who you want to win, who you care about at all. It's just happening. Yeah, and fake DRs at that. Yeah, how did they film those? Did they have the people go into the DR? Because one person, and I don't remember who, excuse me, said, ooh, getting to be in the real Big Brother diary room in their oh, DR clip, I, I believe. That. So, like, how did they film this? And why are they always hiding this stuff from us, you know? It almost seemed like, and again, I don't remember that exact soundbite, but it sounds to me like that's what they're looking forward to in the new house. The way they said it made it sound like they had been in there mm. or were currently in there, but yeah. I don't have the receipt right now, so, you know, add us at a BB Soapbox. Yeah, we'll have to see what we think about the design of the DR this year. Um... Do you think that a good old Frenchie should have taken that double or nothing? No, I think you made a good call. But what did you think about Julie Chen trying to neg him into doing it? And then shame him afterwards? Yeah. Sorry, Julie Chen Moonvez. Oh boy, I can't believe she's still doing her little, like, have a good day at the end of the show like she did last year. Always exercise empathy and wisdom. We can all agree that we should exercise a little more wisdom. Oh, boy. Maybe we shouldn't be judging these people so prematurely, you know? I think Julie Chen is right. That's it. It's time to convert. Well, that's been BB Soapbox. We're going off to uh, the baptismal waters. So we'll see you next time. I must say, while there are fun parts about the live move-in, and there are so many, like... I mean, the premiere is usually kind of hard to follow because you have everybody on the couch introducing themselves, but... It's kind of overstimulating. They have DRs already, and you're just barely trying to get to know these people and then later remember their names. 
but part of it is fun to see them interacting with each other and seeing like who's trying to be an alpha who's trying to sit back but later they're going to be in the center of the drama and stuff it's also curious that they have the teams now um because it feels like in recent seasons you know in all-stars there was a lot of discussion about how there's never been a black winner of big brother there have been people trying to have an all-women's alliance for the past probably eight seasons, all disastrous failures. And it seems like with these teams, it's Big Brother's attempt to very much not have those things happen, <laughs> to force people in their two girls, two boys teams, uh, randomly assorted, to uh, not band together. Uh, which is really going against their roots in season one when the house, you know, tried so valiantly to go on strike against Big Brother without leaving the house. <laughs> that was so ridiculous. I hate Chicken George. Oh. You know, these are the deep cuts you guys can look forward to on BB Soapbox. A lot of you may not have thought that season one was going to be uh, right on the tips of our tongues, but it is, you know, because we take this seriously. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's nice that Big Brother has learned, you know, how to better be strike breakers in the last 22 years. Um... You know, Davon was never a good player, but we're going to cut this part out of the episode, so I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just a little suspicious that they have these teams. It's weird. What are they doing, honestly? I mean, Julie seems like she's like a year or two away from, like, declaring that you gotta be a Christian to play in the game. And again... Remember when they had Andrew on, that poor modern Orthodox Jew? <laughs> that was a sustained hate crime. And that wasn't the only one in this show. There have been many. But it just seems like it's about time to admit that it's a theocracy. You know, it's like... She sent them Bibles and Dunkin' Donuts, which go together <laughs> like love and marriage or a horse and carriage. Last year after All Stars, that was like the care package that Julie sent to. Was a Bible. Because they are all sinners, despite what they say. (laughs) Remember Andrew from Miami Beach. He was a podiatrist. Season four, we have the exes. Just, just, Just like four of them. Then season six, we have the secret pairs. People who know each other. Then, season nine, we have basically trying to do, like, The Bachelor or Love Island or any of these reverse antiquated things. And force people into pairs, somewhat romantically forced. Very weird. Remember that stalker? Which one? I do not remember these people's names. What scenario are you talking about, though? There was, um... Caleb with Amber? Oh, there were a bunch of them, but that was a different season. Yeah. No, um... There was that woman. Oh, Natalie? That boy, yeah. I think my least favorite... And I hate Rachel Riley. I think my least favorite... I think Rachel Riley was the best to ever play this game. Do not come at me on Twitter. I do not have a Twitter. By the way, you can find us on Twitter at Big Brother Soapbox. And we will follow back. Yeah, that Natalie was insane. And yeah, they keep throwing in these combining people gimmicks. There was, uh, you know, the different high school cliques. I mean, what was that, three weeks that lasted? Yeah, I mean, 
it was, yeah. What was the point of that? Like, yes, you got Jeff and Jordan to get together. Congratulations to the casting director who saw them and said they could make a child. And they did. You know, like, that was great. But what was the point of these clicks? They disappear so quickly. They, they didn't do anything. Or like when they have this sort of, um, I forget what they call it, the double Vita HOH comp ones. You know, there's two HOHs. Battle of the Block. Yeah, when they have the Battle of the Block. All these team things just don't... Mm. Then we have coaches in season 14. Then we have uh, the actual teams that played out kind of similarly to tonight in 18, uh, where basically the first person picked a person of the opposite gender than that person picked someone else. So it was a little different where tonight the team captain got to sort of choose everybody. Although I was... There was no choice. I was so surprised that they actually had it be that sort of like slot thing because it's like... How did they pick the... It seemed like a lot tonight was too planned in a way... You know, maybe it's fair... But between picking the groups to go in, but then that actually affecting the game. It's kind of like how last year in All-Stars, a lot of people talked about how both groups of women had to use their puzzle board to get to a further place down the puzzle. And when time ran out, if the quota of people to go on to the next round wasn't met, oh well, you only get one female moving on. So it was kind of like predestined to have a disadvantage on the women, whereas the guys were more, they were easier puzzles. What were you going to say? I was going to say one thing that wasn't planned enough, in my humble opinion, was Julie Chen's dialogue. Why did she talk so much? She seemed like a drunk aunt, chiding these poor people for not doing their five-piece puzzles faster. They are disoriented. There's nothing else to say, really, but but you don't have to fill all the dead air. And then around three, she didn't comment as much for a few, for like a minute. Seemed like the producers had a note. That was nice. Quickly changed. We learned that it was a five-piece puzzle. <laughs> and when she asked them, are you a gambler? They have had scores of pre-interviews. You can expect how they're going to react. Why was that so awkward? Yeah, none of them want to reveal anything to the other people for their first impression. Yes, it was very strange. I gotta say, I don't like puzzle competition. Like, like little puzzles you do at home or like, I mean, I thought the plexiglass was like a good riff on it. We got these, these simple little posters out of it, whatever. Uh, but... It's like when you think about um, in Nicole in uh, season 21, Nicole Anthony won, I guess, an HOH during a double eviction. And it was just like a simple little puzzle thing out. But like that doesn't feel like winning HOH. And then you have uh, the same season when Cliff got back into the house. That was... It was throwing a a thing into a thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was sort of... I guess it was kind of like a ball. Yeah. It, it was a little different, but still, like, puzzly. I just don't like these puzzles. They don't... Well, that's just because you always want the jocks to win. But, you know, Cody did it. Congratulations, guys. I think we can move on. 
I'll tell you. Well, I'll I'll go there for a second. My favorite competition, I'm pretty sure, is when they do the veto competitions that are the counting ones. Stay or fold. I think those are great. Because it's a thinking game. It's like a mental, what are they going to do? It's very like Big Brother, but in the competition. I like, I don't want it just to be physical competitions, although I love an endurance comp, things like that. But like, they still haven't gotten good at air, like the coverage for the live. Yeah, the camera angles are a mess on all the puzzles because you can't see what it looks like. But you know they have a shot on all of them so they know if they got it right or not. Yeah, and it's just like, obviously it would be a little boring if they gave us images of all their options. But it's just like, they're putzing around with stuff and you're just guessing what they're doing. I mean... You know, I'd like to know if they're being ridiculous or if it's tricky. I wish we would have had something else going... I I almost would have liked to have seen more getting to know these house guests during this show or something even though i felt like we already got so much in the the online interviews and whatever but it's like i don't want to sit here for most of the 90 minutes just watching them do these puzzles we can't even see yeah it should have been four different challenges and before anyone's like oh but that would have been so difficult to set up in time they have some of the best grips and stage hands in the business there you know we should give a shout out to them bb soapbox strong supporter of ayatsi or whatever the L.A. equivalent, I wouldn't know. Uh, and, and they could have done other things. You know, four different competitions, that's nice. It also seemed like uh, the first group of guys had a huge advantage when it came to picking a team, because Frenchie and the boys had seen everyone do that silly, silly competition. That's not a bad point. About time you acknowledged that, quite frankly. But yeah, when Frenchie was like, Derek F., you might be my new best friend or something you remind me of my best friend oh that's what he said yes thank you that is what he said you remind me of my best friend that's funny because i I, well what i thought was irrelevant now but the people would like to hear it (laughs) because derek almost won that first round and then so I feel like they had props, like, oh, you almost got it. Then when they're hanging up, like you said, they're hanging up there the whole time. They were, may have been next to each other, not sure. Yeah, they were probably cracking wise when Julie wasn't scolding them for being a bad audience, I assume. And enough with the surfer guys. What's this guy? Trevor? Travis. He was one Travis? of the two recruits to make it to the cast. Oh, wow. This so, Hawaii business mogul in the making. Yeah, that's that's what's interesting. Um, I heard someone make a point that like the recruits are at least they have somewhat normal, you know, jobs or whatever. They're not just like models or whatever. I'm not saying that this is true, but I feel like in earlier seasons you had people who are like, "Yeah, I'm a hot idiot," and now all of them are trying always have their side gigs going to prove that they're more than their looks. Which is, like, true if you're friends with them, but it's not true on CBS. Yeah. And it's just, like, all every single person was like, you think I'm X, but I have a successful business. Cool. A go small business, you know? Yeah, so the original three um, recruits were Travis from Hawaii, uh, Derek X from 
Bel Air, Maryland. Pretty sure it's him. And also this girl, um, Christine. Uh, I feel like an idiot. I don't remember her name. But she's like a bald dancer who was in Sports Illustrated and like was the first bald woman to be on there. She's a dancer. She has a big, she's like verified on social media or whatever. She's part of a, a dance troupe called Balterage. Personally, she just seemed too polished to be a house guest for me. Like, I don't want another Christmas or Frankie, Frankie Grande. Grande. Like, she seemed nice and stuff, but it's like, eh, what are you really going to do in this game? Speaking of Christmas, our podcast is sponsored by BB Car Repair. Did your car get smashed in a freak accident outside a yoga studio? Call us. We'll help. Thank you. No problem. This is all edited, so I can do this. But yeah, we don't want these polished people, but all of the, so many of these people already are because of, you know, it's just how it is now. And it's, it's a shame. You do miss the messiness of earlier seasons, even though it tended to be extremely, like, very boring a lot of the time, because, you know, like, you don't want to hear your friends complain most of the time, do you? It's kind of the same. But it's nice to have a little of that energy. Yeah. This Brittany fellow, she mentioned dancing. I think she does little dances on TikTok or something. Like, not professional, you know, not like Christy. Christy. Christ, her name was Christy something, I think. Christy Valdeseri. Valdeseri. Something like that. ADR it. Hmm? ADR it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm... I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the have-not room. I don't know why. I think once you see the people interacting, it'll have a whole new flavor. I think this yeah. first episode just didn't... It didn't introduce a feeling to the season. It just introduced the producer's idea. Yeah. You know? I am curious about what's happening in this three-hour gap between the end of the finale... I mean, oh boy. The end of the premiere and the start of the live feeds at 12.30 a.m. Eastern. Orgy. I'm also <laughs> like ahead of the time nervous about well not nervous but pissed about if they're just with all the COVID stuff like of how and also this uh, new competition the wild card they're really going to be just trapped inside, and I like seeing them hang out outside, but I feel like there's going to be possibly even less of that this year, despite the lifting of the COVID restrictions and everything. Wait, they're not going to get to hang out in the yard this year? They probably will for certain days, but there will be many days in a row where they'll be trapped inside. Why? Because they're turning the backyard into the competition, and if they have to fake sanitizer or whatever hmm. wow that it really is much year. just like a beach house you knows how sometimes you go to a beautiful place and you stay at a resort and you never leave the resort or go to the ocean just the pool they have which is nice you know there's these little floaties you can put your margarita in and you can have like 20 of them and then pass out and wake up the next day and it's lovely and then you get on the plane and you're like oh shit i didn't see the ocean it's that kind of beach house maybe I must say, uh, 
more what I meant about the being trapped inside. I'm worried about when they're going to be turning off the feeds, going to fish, as as it's called. I feel like yeah. they're going to do it a lot. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get to see as much as you would hope to on the feeds. I think it'll probably be like 22, where they cut them for a lot of interesting moments. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just before, in between <laughs> segments that we're going to obviously air, uh, you know, and the comps and things. It sucks it's like, I don't want ads on the feeds or anything, but it almost seems like if they could greater monetize besides the subscription cost, I don't know, like, if they felt like they owed us something more or... I don't know, it's like with Over the Top, which I still have to see, I will admit, but I'll catch you guys up when I am done watching that. They showed things that you don't normally get to see. And that's really cool. And that was kind of like the point, is like Over the Top, like, we're doing it all out. Over the Top access. Yeah, I know I'm in the minority here, but I want to see the producers telling these people what's what. I want to see when they get the rules explained to them, because the rules are almost never clear in the version we see on the television. Yeah, like... And clearly they've been explained to the people beforehand, because there's so many little nitty p- nitpicky things with any set of rules that's never an issue. Yeah. When they pick their costumes, or are given their costumes for comps, all of these things I think could be interesting to see. Yeah, that's like last year, I don't know exactly, but like, if they would show the feeds for the endurance comps, I don't know if they do that anymore, we'll find out this year, I guess. Um, But with those, sometimes they turn off after, uh, you know, if it started live, the feeds would have been off for the live broadcast, then give them a few minutes to ask the producers their questions, and then they would put the feeds live and whatever. But it's like, in... um. In other countries, Big Brothers, Big Brother is like, you hear it. It's like, I mean, in ours we have uh, so-and-so, please put on your microphone and all these things. But it's not the same as like, here's, we only see it when things happen, like if someone has to leave the house or whatever. And those are more interesting. There's always questions beyond what they show that you wonder about. But it is nice to be included on, you know... When Allison Grodner talks to them in the living room or whatever. Although, sometimes they'll just have the... They'll call the HOH to the diary room to get a little script to go out and read to the people. And that's not as interesting. God, remember when they used to make the in, the HOH talk to Julie in the soundproofed HOH room about their thoughts for the week? Thank God that's gone. <laughs> Honestly. I mean... By eviction night, when that happened... It's been three hours of Big Brother, and we know what was going through their head, you know? Yeah, three hours? Well, it would have been three episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it would have been uh, 135 minutes, not counting ads. But the ads give us time to really contemplate, you know, what was going through their head. So I would say that's important time. I was just thinking about something. So who do you think is going to be in a showmance this season? Lightning round. We're going back to the showmance because these people were thirsty in their descriptions. Who do you think's coupling up? Xavier. Who? He has a very low voice. And he, I think he even made a joke about 
being single, not single as a $1 bill. Oh, yes, yes. He said that he didn't want to get in a showmance, but he said in a way that was like, Hell yeah, I I want to get in a showmance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what I was going to say, we'll get back to this in just a moment, is, uh... I already don't love how Julie asks the houseguests questions on the live show. Like, at least it's in front of everybody, and then they can discuss it or whatever. But it's also in front of everybody, so then people are, you you know, you can uh, crinkle your eyes and be like, hmm. So, but, yeah, showmances. I think Whitney's ready. Yes. I'm predicting Whitney and Xavier. That's possible. Um, I thought it was really cute when Whitney said that, you know, she's dated both tall men and short women, and that could be relevant in the Big Brother house. That was Claire. Whitney is the Britney. Yes. This is terrible. Yeah. Um, I think Whitney, yes, but maybe, maybe she won't be tied down, you know? Maybe Mm. finally we'll have... You know, a little more movement in the Big Brother house. But yeah, her and Xavier seems totally possible. Uh, she likes that Travis kid. I think that's going to happen, actually. I think it's her and Travis. That seems so weird to me. I'm calling it. It's her and Travis. He'll be like a Big Brother to her kids. There are definitely some other house guests I had wanted to do, to bring up, at least. Shall we pull up pictures of them on our phones with complete transparency? Because we do not remember their names. Yes, I will say Hannah, though I had thought she may have gone to University of Chicago, but it's UIC. Yes. What is that? Um, University of Illinois, Chicago, I believe. Uh. Um, she came up with probably the best lie of any of them, but it was an easy one. That she's a fashion student still yeah. in school. Yeah. She and uh, Brittany, I found, look very different. Like, Whitney kind of looks the same in all her stuff, whatever. Then you have, uh, I mean, they all look, eh, some of them look a little different between their picture on the CBS website and then in person and in video and stuff. But Brittany, when I first saw her picture on CBS, I was like, oh, okay. And then I read what she had to say and I was like, oh no and then i saw her answering like some video questions i just i just we'll see and what's about what about i don't know her name from new york i mean does big brother hate the city of new york i know they shoot it in california wherever that is but i feel like whenever they have a woman from new york on it's like if someone was trying to summarize girls but nothing happened even less happened I'm sorry, I'm not trying to, you know, rock the boat by claiming that there's dramatic plot in Girls, but it's just terrible, you know? And, like, what's this person's name? Claire. Claire. Just like Meg from back in the day. She's just like Meg, um, except that she's come out, so that's nice. Um, But it's just, like, she seems like she's very successful. She might be fun to be friends with. I don't know. An AI technician? I mean, yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to seem a little nicer because I'm being really mean to these people. Um, 
And, you know, it's all about peace and love here. You know, we're all growing, uh, taking our time. But it's just, like, somewhere between a real person and a character, and it's an awkward place to be. But she's still my favorite so far. What? I don't remember who most of these people are. I'm tired. Do you have a favorite so far? Um, no. Have you ever had a favorite? Yeah, um, I I have had people I've rooted for to win uh, in season 19. Obviously, I thought that um, Jason Schwartzman should have won. (laughs) He played a good game. He was very entertaining. And, you know, it's one of his better pictures in recent years. His career has been on a downturn. So I I definitely think he should have won. Um, I think there have been some other people I've rooted for. I was really rooting against Cody last season. Uh, That did not pan out for me, but that's okay. I wasn't rooting for anyone, but I was rooting against him. Um, I definitely didn't want Derek to win or Dan Giesling, uh, which is funny because they're the best who ever played, but I guess I'm just weird that way. Um, I don't know if I've ever rooted for someone else. Probably. Oh, and obviously Howie in season six. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I wanted Howie to win season six. You guys can look that and up if seven. you don't get it. No, just six. What do you mean they can look it up if they don't get it? Um, I'm, I'm sure you can find some wonderful clips of Howie and um, <laughs> his twin favorite concepts. He was kind of like a human blow-up doll. He very much was. Or like the Michelin Man if it had never gotten out of its oral phase. I still cannot put a finger on this image in my head that Howie reminds me of, but it's not good. It's like Frankenstein Gene Simmons. He does seem like someone out of a cartoon. You know how the cartoon a cartoon would have like a lecher because for some reason it was like classic kids content to have like a pervy old guy. He's like that. So getting back to this season. Because we got plenty of time to go into the weeds on every season that came before. As Julie Chen reminded us many times, it's been 21 years. Uh, She was very proud of that. Big Brother is finally old enough to drink. Uh, And it gets into trouble when it does. There was that knife incident. Remember that? (laughs) Who could forget? Probably what's-her-name with the cheeks. Wasn't that who it happened to? Anyway, we're cutting this as well. (laughs) This is uh, out. Yeah, I I kind of liked her. She was great. It's it's too bad her marriage didn't work Krista? out. Krista? Yeah, it's too bad that the marriage didn't work out. You know? Yeah, or the engagement, really. I mean, once you said yes, the engagement's a go. So I think we can all agree the engagement was a win, marriage a loss. But it was her win in the end. Wouldn't you agree? I don't know. She would have had a $500,000 Coke problem, which is better than a, you know, less than $500,000 Coke problem. So, I mean, the marriage could have been a go, you know? But let's get back to this season. Yeah, so the thing that's standing out to me about this season, you know, as I'm thinking about it now, you know, really getting into the weeds on this BB soapbox with our dirty-ass mouths, and it just seems... Like, these people are not memorable, you know? Like, I remember what they look like, but that's... I probably remember most of their bios, 
but I don't remember anything else, you know? I think it's because they didn't do a great job of introducing these people. Like, I feel like the second episode is still going to be a catch-up of who even are these people. Yeah, because we're going to see 45 minutes of them introducing themselves to each other. That'll be interesting to see if they if they show what we typically see of them sitting on the couch introducing each other. I mean, I guess they've kind of gotten to know each other a little bit during the picking of the teams. Yeah, but I think there'll probably still be an introduce introductions ritual. And then there's the teams. I don't know. I, I think I think there will be. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just feels like you know not all of the people, but they they kind of got. I don't know. Their stock characters going. We'll see. I could be wrong. It, it could be different, but it didn't it didn't stand out to me. Uh, except that the people seemed very, a little too polished. Except for good old Frenchie. Yeah, I still do have, I do have pretty good hopes for this season. It doesn't seem like a total wash yet. It's only, uh... Yeah, I- I'm sorry to have been ragging on this season so hard. I, I think it was just the-, the awkward choice to begin with this very long competition. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Which did read as a mistake, rather than a choice. It was so awkward. Like, they do a good job when they don't have a live move-in of making it seem, I don't know, well put together sometimes. Yeah. And the other thing is, when you have a crowd of, like, 8 or 12 people or 16 people, and Julie Chen, like, says something to them, and they're supposed to, like, nod as a response... That's cool, because they're a crowd of, let's say, 8 or 16 people. So the camera's not going to focus on any one of them. When you got four people spaced out, standing as if they were naked in their finest clothes in front of a weirder backdrop, and they're supposed to respond? It's weird. Especially when they're normally told they can't talk to each other until they're in the house. Then Julie's, like, chatting them up very awkwardly. Yeah, what are they supposed to say? Like, yeah, I got $10,000 in debt from gambling? Probably, but you're not supposed to say that there. Yeah. You just met these people. It's also interesting that this season doesn't really have a, an old, you know? Like, they usually Tiffany have... Tiffany is 40. I know. But she doesn't seem it because she's in good shape and everything. Yeah, and she's 40. They usually have, like, a boomer, you know? Yeah. Like, someone who fled to Canada to not fight in the Vietnam War. Thank God. Uh, and, and this season, they don't. And they're just contributing to this, like... Obviously, the show was already populated with hot people, but it just really feels like they ratcheted up a notch, you know? Not saying this, like, they look so good, but, like, their social type is that they're hot people, you know? Um, And it's a little weird, you know? It's always awkward having the boomer. They never fit in. They throw the entire game away because they trust a man who has probably murdered many people named Mickey. Or Cody. That also is a person who killed anyway. Different Cody, not Califuri here. Just regular Fury. Like, anger problems. Um, but, you know, the olds are awkward, but they kind of balance something out. And, and it feels a little weird not having one yet. Can you imagine season 9 without Sheila? No. Can you imagine season 8 without Evil Dick? It's funny you mention him. Thank because you. his podcast is going to have Sheila soon. Apparently he has a podcast, but you have to, like, pay a subscription to it or whatever. And I would almost get it just to listen to how is Sheila doing? 
I think you should. And quite frankly, to anyone out there listening to this, we're an hour in. It's it's probably going to be less after editing, but I just want you to know we're an hour in. Uh, and you should be listening to Dick's podcast. You know, uh, he's a born entertainer. He's been doing it for decades. And he's got a distinctive voice. You know, it's all gravelly from sort of fucking up his body, kind of like Mark Maron, who really blew open comedy podcasts the way we're trying to blow open, you know, rambling about Big Brother podcasts. So this is just a plug for Evil Dick's podcast, uh, another sponsor of this show, God willing. I gotta say, it's been, we're not done yet, but it's been so great having Corbin here. It's been great bouncing ideas off and being reminded of things from tonight's premiere episode. And I just want to remind you all while we're on mic that I asked to use a pseudonym on this podcast. Yes, and I just was thinking about, uh, at least we didn't say your last name. But we will have to figure this one out. Yeah. Apparently, I'm not going by a pseudonym, so. We don't have a producer, but um, you've been listening to Eric from Long Island and Nicole Anthony. This is our <laughs> podcast, Wake the Fuck Up, Bitches. And we are allowed to curse on this podcast, it turns out. Uh, one hour and two minutes in, we have learned we can curse on this podcast. Uh, and this is Wake the Fuck Up. Oh, no. No. That's another plug for one of our competitors. You know, Big Brother is a supportive environment where, you know, people debase themselves. And we're just plugging Hello Friends, Eric from Long Island. He's like a Judd Apatow movie that was not produced, which is hard to imagine because everything Judd Apatow wants to do gets produced, even though no one else wants it. That's an unrelated take, but it seemed relevant. So getting back to the season. Maybe we should pull up the cast. Do it! All right. Jordan here is your host. She's also our producer, uh, audio technician, um, and super fan. So right now what you're hearing is the sound of typing as we pull up the cast. This is a little ASMR bonus that we're offering to you today in our premiere episode. You can hear a few random sounds, as well as the ambient sounds in this room. All right, we have the cast in front of us, so we can go back to it. Let's go in reverse order. Okay. Alphabetically by first name. <laughs> so we've talked about Xavier. I don't really have anything else about him. You know, he thinks he's all that for being a lawyer and has to hide it. And he seems like a successful, decently adjusted person who's probably going to look really unprofessional very soon. What I do like about his uh, CBS-typed interview is he mentions Chilltown and writes in parentheses, RIP which I like to think of as a nod to the recent restraining order that Dr. Will Kirby got against Mike Bogey. That long pause that you heard, <clears throat> that long pause that you heard was when uh, your intrepid host, Jordo, grabbed her nose as if she was having a phantom flashback to cocaine she has never tried. It was really something. Just the mention of Will Bogey one of the best players in the history. Will Boogie. <laughs> We're cutting this entire bit. Just the mention of Mike Boogie sent her nose into spasms of powdery joy, but in a painful way, much like their feelings, because they were once brothers. And now, I don't know. They're probably both still dicks. All right. So Xavier, we have nothing to say about. That's one down. We we don't know. He seems very put together. We've definitely said plenty about Whitney. 
She has a very awkward smile in her photo on the Big Brother website, which is weird. Eh, Travis. There have been so many surfer guys. We get it. Like, I wish Tyler had been less popular just so that maybe he could have helped phase out the surfer dude. Actually, I think his whole bit was that he's never surfed. He's just a lifeguard. That's an extremely funny bit. All right, Tiffany, our host Jordo called her old, which was kind of aggressive, if we're being honest. I don't recall that. You said she was the old this season. She's 40. She's a phlebotomist. Phlebotomist is a great word. You don't get many of those on Big Brother. (laughs) I hope they do the spelling competition. I also like that veto one. Well, I loved the spelling bee they once did when they had to correctly spell basic words. But I will also take the one where they have to dig for their own word. I like Tiffany. I think they're going to cut her really fast. Like, really fast. It just seems that way. But not as an older person. Not necessarily. She just seems a little more... She was a little more awkward in her introduction video. You know, she's not a Zoomer. Like, these brats they got these days. That's another thing with the the little slot machine videos. When people like Sarah Beth, who, oh, interesting. Yeah, on the website, it's just Sarah Stegall, but it's Sarah Beth she's going by for some reason. Anyway, um, she, when she said her lie about being a voiceover artist, uh, they just lingered too long on the video for you to catch her in the lie. I don't know. I just thought that was eh. Kyland. He's a likable guy. He wrote a lot. Maybe he's like Victor, you know? <laughs> That's not a bad comparison. Thank you. Yeah, he I... has kind of the same uh, facial hair. He's a nice buff guy who it turns out will write or say an enormous amount. Much like on the podcast Coco Caliente, another fantastic Big Brother podcast. On Coco Caliente, they talk about how $500,000 in prize winnings just doesn't go that far in rural, middle-of-nowhere Michigan. Right. (laughs) Especially with their expensive taste for such things as walking to town and trying to be famous. That's Coco Caliente. You can find it anywhere, hosted by Nicole Frenzel, probably the best to ever play the game. Um... Unfortunately, she only got third in season 22. We can blame Enzo for that. I hope we get hate comments. Can you even comment on Spotify? I don't think so. I know one thing. I'm not checking the comments. That's all Jordo. All right. We have Hannah, who I'm interested to see more of. I I think she has potential as a house guest. I agree. Oh, she also mentions some of these. Uh, I didn't finish reading all these interviews, apparently. She mentions Vanessa. So, that could be something. Yeah, she's got she's got potential. Um, I just don't really understand why these very driven, successful people are on this show, but that's okay. It's just always a little awkward. It makes you think, are they doing as well as they say? Maybe not. <laughs> no comment. I'm sorry. I know that everyone listening to this hopes to one day be on Big Brother. Um, I, I don't share that goal, but... I realize I'm a very alienating voice on this podcast, so to everyone out there listening, I will not be on every episode, so just power through, and we're going to get there. <laughs> You'll just get to hear Jordo. 
eventually. Not not right now. I'm still on for the next hour or two that we'll be recording, but but later maybe. We'll see. Frenchie, this guy came out strong. They love a rancher. This I thought was interesting. One of his fun facts is, I'm a proud member of the NAACP. Okay, that's suspicious. That's so weird. That's very worrying. Um, I don't have anything else to say about that, except that I think that's very strange. I don't know what it means to be a member of the NAACP, to be honest, but I find that odd. Derek X, another Dr. Will and Mike Boogie fan. He seems really boring, but he's pretty, so it's okay. I thought you might say that. That was awfully judgy for this podcast. (laughs) He's fine. He thinks he's funny. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, no, he's definitely a huge asshole. He was in a fraternity. Derek F. I have hopes for. I... Yeah, I think he could be fun. I'm glad he's safe this week. I think this show's gonna hurt him. But he's probably dead inside. Claire! Who calls themselves clever, driven, and spunky? I guess that's not that weird. I mean, it's sort of like, have you ever seen Zach Braff's movie Garden State? No, I haven't, but I understand that we get the concept of the manic pixie dream girl from it. That's all I have to say about her, really. Sarah Beth also called herself, like, quirky. I know you're a big fan of Bridget, but come on. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Go ahead. You can't see this because this is an audio medium, as I assume you know. But I was doing my Bridget impression. (laughs) He's quirky. I don't know. I'm just... Frank. I don't know if she quite makes my bottom ten. I don't know if she quite makes my top ten least favorite house guests. Look, this is going to shock you guys out there, but we are not chads, you know? We're not hitting the gym seven days a week, super jacked. And so it's just a little rude that every quirky person or nerd they bring on not only is annoying, but is also terrible at being a player in Big Brother. They can't even have a good social game. That's not be everybody's friend. It's plant seeds like Danny Donato, Briones. Is Chad's a term? Yeah, Chad's is a term from the incel community. Oh boy. Uh, but it's widely used uh, in contemporary discourse, and I imagine all of our listeners knew what I meant. It's like how Karens mean something, I guess. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing to say about Claire. We gotta move on. I just feel like Big Brother mistreats bisexual women, but, you know, I don't really like Claire. Speaking of which, she does mention Vanessa Russo from Big Brother 17. Part of this... Who was so annoying. I haven't seen this, uh, I haven't seen her answers yet, just because the website took a very long time from when they announced she was replacing, uh, Christy Baldessinger. Would you like to try her last name again? (laughs) No, I wouldn't. I forget what it is. There's a browser open in front of you. (laughs) 
But anyway, uh, this gal also, just like uh, another house guest, I think Aza mentions June. Although she mentions June and Allison. Oh, I'm talking myself into a corner because I'm wrong. Lisa and Danielle Lisa from and season Danielle. three. That is a deep cut. Oh, she does also mention Allison and June. Let's see if I'm right about if Aza also said something because I'm pretty sure. Unless I saw, whatever, we're gonna we're gonna find out. I would love it if Claire succeeded finally in an all women's alliance, but I do not have hope. But I would love that. The dudes always make their bro down ho down thing, and it's just a bummer. So just like how Claire replaced Christy once Christy tested positive for COVID, Christian, I'm pretty sure replaced someone named Garrett who had been on the CBS website allegedly so not sure what happened there but now we have Christian I liked uh tonight when Julie was like congratulations you all for making it in here to has a very pointed comment to a certain someone who was the last minute replacement I have literally nothing to say about Christian I I couldn't care less about the guy like having a second surfer dude as far as i'm concerned yeah truly i like the women this year i think we have i mean i we have some more variety than most years i like some of the guys i i i look forward to seeing frenchie play i like derek f um yeah that's that's about it so continuing on Brittany. Talked enough about her. Not a huge fan so far. We haven't really talked very much about her. Alright, let's click on her. You know, I I don't know. We'll see. Alright, here's something substantial. Well, not substantial, but at least something I can point out. For her favorite duos, she names Derek and Cody BB-16. If I had a nickel for everybody who wrote that, mm-mm. Tyler and Angela. Uh, someone else mentioned them. Maybe Brett. We'll see. <laughs> and Tyler and Casey. Tyler and Casey were very effective. Narratively, that was a huge disappointment. But it was very effective. One of the most boring alliances ever. It One was, of the most boring winners ever, Casey. It was so boring. And it worked. And there was no, you know, that's it. Like, she could have been so cool and, and she wasn't. At all. That's the whole new school of having these big alliances. You know, as some, as uh, if you listen to my teaser episode, you know that I'm currently re-watching season 12, where we have uh, the Brigade Strong four-person alliance. But useless. So far, we haven't finished. Not sure I agree. But extremely useful. But anyway, that's sort of like... Uh, I mean, you did have, like, Janelle, Kaser, Howie, Rachel... James and Sarah. That did not work out. It didn't, no. But besides that, like, old school you have more smaller alliances or whatever. Um, and also very, like, you always have kind of, like, this side of the house, that side of the house, whatever. New school we have these, like, big alliances that, sure, they're effective in winning or whatever, but not effective as entertainment. I mean, if you wanted to be generous, which I obviously don't, you could say that the teams is an attempt to break up those big alliances at the beginning because it's 
it's more difficult to form, you know, more than four people um, for as long as the teams go on. But uh, this feels like a season of big alliances. <laughs> These people seem like they want that because <laughs> they probably want to bro down. So, but yeah, they're really boring. Brittany also mentions Davon and Bailey, BB-22, whatever, and Paul and Victor, BB-18, a pair I couldn't care for, but... I mean, it seems like the competitions could be kind of interesting this season. They got a lot of athletic people who do different things, but you never know. Uh, I I'm just tired of the really buff guy comp beast thing. And I want more... You know, sometimes one of those guys hangs onto a rope for two hours and you gotta give it to him. That happens, and it's very impressive. We love an endurance comp. Yeah, and occasionally that guy wins one. <laughs> Not usually. But I, I want more... I'm okay with physical comps, but I want them to have more options in sort of what works for them, you know, as opposed to just being like... And, you know, obviously, yes, these people are going to be better at most physical comp, but a, a wider variety of things, you know? Yeah. More balance or, I don't know, whatever. I'm interested to see how the competitions end up being because, um, again, uh, I feel like last year there was a bit lacking in, like, the design of the competitions uh, because of covid or the season starting late and kind of like hobbling together this last minute all-star season um it's also funny to see like when they decide to match the theme of the competitions to the theme of the house and personally although i think they're going to go back to this gambling thing a lot since she mentioned it so much tonight and since they have the sign in the house that says no risk no reward yeah i think gambling is the theme and they made a mistake but back to you <laughs> Yeah, I'm not here for that every single week. And the name of their teams, yeah, it's definitely going to come back. This just feels so much like, um, which season was it that was like, um... That was like what? Well, that's a great question, isn't it? Which was the season, um, where they had a... No, I really don't remember what this was called. <laughs> it was like the Garden of the Delights, like there was Good yeah. Evil. Yeah. Yeah, 19, Paul season. Right. Two. This feels a lot like the aesthetic of season 19, which I was Summer not a of fan of. Summer of Temptation. They had the big tree, they had a bunch of gold stuff, etc. You know, they put in a bunch of set pieces into the yard for today's comp, but they didn't inter interact with them very much, so mm -hmm. we'll see. But... Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if the aesthetics are gonna be here. Um, but that's probably why we have such a pretty cast. You know? You know what? I said I didn't really like Brittany that much, but she's probably my favorite so far. So Brent Champagne! Now we're finally talking, you know. This guy is classic big brother. He's from Rhode Island, so he's one of those weird New England accents that honestly you hear like nowhere except on Big Brother at this point. Did he have an accent today? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, this guy is just classic, you know? He's a big flirt. He seems like he's drunk all the time. Uh, sort of like Cody if he wasn't a clean-cut soccer player with, like, a really intense dad from all the shots of him at home. Like, kinda a like, really intense dad. Kind of like Polly Calaviori. Ooh, that guy sucked. Yeah. That guy was terrible. 
Yeah, he looks a lot like Polly Calafiore. Well, I really hope he breaks some hearts in here, you know, in the most disrespectful way he can. Yeah, speaking of showmances, I don't know if he'll be in a showmance, but I think he'll try. Yeah, I think he'll definitely try. He does mention Tyler and Angela, and he says, hashtag showmance goals. I mean, yeah, we all want to find Bay on Big Brother, you know, but, you know, Love Island is the next time slot, so it's like pick one, you know? Yeah. Okay, Aza also has potential. Yeah. She wears, I feel like she wore a very similar neckline tonight as the one in her photo. I think that's true. Yeah, I, I think, she, you know, it's hard to say, but, but she's got potential. Um, yeah, she mentions Allison and June from BB4. I find it very surprising that anyone remembers Allison and June. I know. But that's great that they do. I, I just don't the very much. The fact that she says my favorite Big Brother player, June, was part of a duo. First of all, I liked June towards the beginning of her season. I also didn't love that season, but I liked her. Then they showed her diary rooms way too much and it got old. But I also don't love this whole narrative that's like June and Allison were a duo and they were loyal until they couldn't or but Like, they both talked so much crap about each other in the diary room and to other house guests. They weren't, like, the ultimate, like, dream duo goals, you know? I just don't agree with that. But I don't mind a little reference to June. They had such a, like, bittersweet finale, similar to Mickey's, but not as deserved. And I do feel like June got the short end of the stick of having her moment ruined a little bit. What are you talking about? I don't remember. Although I was sorry, I was sort of surprised that June won because in some ways Allison I mean they both they both had good gay moments. What happened to June that stole her thunder? But June sort of in a way not not single-handedly created, but she is like an exemplary floater strategy utilizer i don't think floaters get enough credit quite frankly uh and that's because the game is structured to punish them at the end which i also don't think is fair i think floating is a very good strategy a lot of people get a lot farther by being something like a floater than by being a big alpha male dude like a uh, devin in 16 was it yeah you know or whoever it is who comes out on top and gets cut week three i, I think floating is respectable if it's done right and uh, i'd like to see some more proud floaters because there's also a difference between floaters who don't win competitions and just kind of try to skate by unscathed and floaters who either play both sides or don't pick a side and just kind of work their way through to the end and having a good social game and everything like that. Yeah, Enzo deserved to win last season. <sighs> huh? Excuse me? Um, yeah, Aza... Is not I, gonna be a floater. 
I don't think. Yeah, no, I, I agree <laughs> with that. Um, floating is actually Sarah's, Sarah Beth's, whatever, whole strategy. And I do not think that's going to work for her. Um, because I just think they usually tend to cut the, the pixie girl. Yeah. Stands out too much in the Big Brother house to not be cut early on unless she wins something. Could be wrong, uh, but it doesn't seem great. And the last house guest, Alyssa. What I think is, uh, I think her swimwear company is going to be overplayed and probably make a bunch of sales from this. Um, her favorite player of all time is Jessica of Jessica and Cody from season 19. That checks out. And, you know, hopefully she does as much as Jessica did or tried to do. I just don't think the clips they showed us told us anything about her. Yeah. And for once, I'm not going to hold that against her. But I, I didn't get anything, so. You know. Oh, she's a big fan of The Office. Unfortunately, that's now on Peacock and not Netflix. <laughs> and we're sponsored, as you all know, by Paramount+, Plus, the only place where you can see the live feeds, however edited or interrupted they may now be. Thank you, Paramount+. Plus. We're very appreciative for the 24-7 content you have provided us. We've been losing our minds in here, and that nice drone is going to carry us through this dark night. In case it's not clear from the appearance of our Spotify podcast, uh, we are not sponsored. We'll add a warning to the beginning of this episode. Not sponsored. This, no one is paying us to do this, and quite frankly, I expect to be sued. Whenever Corbin, <laughs> whenever, uh, what's your name again? Whenever my guest here says, frankly, it cracks me up because it reminds me of Cassandra from season one. And that was like the only thing that ever came out of her mouth. And I love it. Okay, so that's all the house guests. Um, maybe we ended up talking about them for a while, but we had other side conversations there. I didn't want to talk too much about them. There's a lot of stuff out there about you know, first impressions and whatever. I'd rather talk about that after the feeds start and maybe we get another CBS episode out there. Um, but I'm I'm still still have high hopes. I think this cast has a lot of potential. And, you know, it's funny. It'll be funny to see who gets evicted week one because let's hope it's not anyone that we'd like to see more of. Well, it seems that as the seasons go by, battle backs become more and more common, so I don't think you have to worry too much just yet. Yeah, but I also hate that. Too bad. That was all I had to say on the topic. Is there anything else you'd like to get off your chest? I think we should all exercise just a little bit more empathy and wisdom. Good night, and God bless. I'm Julie Chen Moonves. See you on Sunday. That wasn't actually Julie Chen Moonves. We do not have the rights to use her name. Thank you to my special guest for joining me. And thank you, dear listeners, for hitting play on this podcast. And remember, 
if you fell asleep and it auto-played and your phone ran out of charge and you overslept and didn't make it to work on time, that still counts as a listen for us. So give it a thought. And thank you.